0: a shorthanded chance, Yenmark down the middle, scores! <laughs> Matias short shorthanded goal! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com Puck comes out high, Waugh gets the puck, off to the races, into the zone, the righty, right
1: circle, backhander, he scores! What a move! Nicholas Wah gets the Knights back in the lead!
0: I love my Monday shows, especially when it comes to one timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League, because we get three days worth of information to jam into that segment in hour number two. We're also coming off the declaration of the Tampa Bay Lightning reaching their third consecutive Stanley Cup final, a uh, final series which will open up on Wednesday night in Denver between the Avalanche and the Bolts. First time that a team. Goes to three straight Stanley Cup finals since, and this is kind of a trick question, but the Edmonton Oilers in the mid-80s because they got to a final and lost and then won two. So you kind of forget about the, that part of it uh, that they 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 were there and initially uh, fell in their first appearance in the Stanley Cup Championship Series against the New York Islanders. But yeah, first time since uh, the mid '80s that a team goes to three straight Stanley Cup Finals, and uh, I, uh, they they might be primed and ready to get back here again next year. Although. One of the most impressive (laughs) parts about how it's consistent, guys, right? Like, we're seeing the bolts in the Stanley Cup final. You can Uh write it down. But how they're doing it is much different than a couple of years ago in the bubble. Uh, Because I think this is a a much greasier, uh, grinded-out win uh, by outworking the other team than just by simply talent. Uh, What they did against the New York Rangers,
1: fantastic. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't disagree with that assessment at all. I mean, especially with the the fact that Tampa's had to do it the last two rounds without Braden Point, arguably one of their most talented forwards, uh, not in the lineup. Like this has been a team that's had to rely on depth. They've had to rely on solid positioning great defense and also andre vasilevsky returning to form vasilevsky's final four games of that series against the new york rangers was as good as anything he's done in the playoffs over the first two rounds he is just automatic when you smell blood when tampa knows they can win vasilevsky shuts the door it's ridiculous one of the greatest bits of work
0: by an analyst in any broadcast Occurred in game six of this series between the Bolts and the New York Rangers. Uh, I was listening to uh, Dave Maloney working with Kenny Albert on the radio, driving home from the Vegas Nighthawks game on Saturday. And Hmm. the Rangers tie it up. And what does Dave do? Describes the goal and then says, they've got a couple of minutes left to get it to overtime to hold on. I'm like, hold Hmm. on? What's he talking about? Hold on. What about like <laughs> winning in regulation? Never mind. That's a, that's rather pessimistic, Dave. I, I love Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm, I'm kind of I'm calling him out in my head. Dave, you're the Ranger broadcaster. What's this? Hold on. Crap about. Twenty one seconds later, Steven Samco <laughs> scores, and, and the, the the Tampa Bay Lightning are vaulted into the Stanley Cup Championship Series. And I had this big smile on my face driving down the 215 uh, going, that that was wonderful, Dave. Like, I don't know how many people are going to recognize that little bit of work, but that was right on the money about the New York Rangers being able to hold the Tampa Bay Lightning's response off until they could possibly get to overtime.
1: Yeah, I I thought that it was one of those pivotal moments, right, where you see how much energy the New York Rangers had to expend in that game to get it back to to square, to get it back to a tied score. And you just felt like, okay, if the Rangers can breathe, if they can get it to overtime, if they can get the benefit of uh, another intermission to kind of get on the offensive, pushed the Tampa Bay Lightning in overtime, maybe just maybe there's a, an avenue for them to win this game and force a Game 7. But the fact of the matter is, Tampa Bay is able to break your will. Like That is a team that knows exactly what they need to do to break the will of the New York Rangers. And it wouldn't have mattered if New York had... Seven straight power plays after that, five on threes. It didn't matter. They weren't scoring again. They knew that. They recognized it. The game was over the minute Steven Stamko scored to make it 2 to 1.
0: But the building's uh, quieted down, so you've tackled that. You've got a little bit of momentum. You've got the Tampa Bay Lightning mm. thinking, at least I was thinking, mm. for the Tampa Bay Lightning. No going no, uh, no. we don't want to go back to New York and uh, and and no. tempt uh, fate there like there's a there's a whole lot of good for the New York Rangers and Steven Stamkos comes back and what a performance by Steven Stamkos who is now mm. evolving into a legend right before
1: our eyes yeah I, there was no thinking on on the part of the Tampa Bay Lightning i think that they knew their response would be great, and even if it didn't come on that next shift, it was going to come at some point in time, whether it be regulation. They knew Vasilevsky, if he gave up one, probably wasn't going to be giving up two because, traditionally speaking, he only gives up one goal. In an elimination game to win a series, Vasilevsky is nearly unbeatable. The Rangers got their one. They needed to win that game one nothing, and it, they, they they just were in a in a bad spot, and for Tampa— They've been here before. This is a team that just knows what they need to do in order to find a victory, and they, they did exactly what they had to do. They answered immediately, and the fact that they were able to come right down and score again, that just had to be so disheartening for the New York Rangers. I,
0: I'm, I'm not buying into what you're saying there, that just because they've been there before and they knew exactly what they needed to do, that they come back down and score, that, that's overly simplified.
1: They've been doing it for eleven series now. Like this is a team that regardless of the circumstances that they're facing, regardless of the situation that they're in, they find a way. Every single time. And and I have no doubt in my mind that on the bench after that Frank Vitrano goal, Steven Stamkos looked looked at his team and said, We're going out, we're gonna win this game. We're going out, we're gonna score the next goal and they believe that wholeheartedly. They would they would want to. I believe. I, I, I think they believe it. it. Yeah. I, no, I, I think I, they. See. I think they believe it. Like how? How? How much did we laud Mark Stone, right, and Chandler Stevens in Game One against Seattle when, hey, you know, Morgan Geeky scores to to tie the game, and then you've got those guys going out there. Their next shift, they make that answer. And we talk about how those veteran types of players, those leaders, know what they need to do. They go out. They make a play and they expect to make a play, it's no different for Tampa. They've just done it 11 straight series in a row. They've just done it against every imaginable opponent. They know going into a Game 7, if they have to, against the, the, uh, the, the, the New York Islanders, that they're going to score the only ga- goal of the game. They, they, they know this. It's hopeful. You want to do it. Mm. You can execute it no, I think it they're times. automatic.
0: Uh, saying it's uh, it's done deal and they just flip a switch is is a little bit beyond that, but it's impressive, very impressive. But it, it, coming off the stick of Steven Stamkos and being able to score both goals in, in that game that puts the Tampa Bay Lightning back into uh, the Stanley Cup final creates uh, a a conversation now around Steven Stamkos mm-hmm. and where does where does his legacy rank right now with still a championship series to come when you put it up against the past and his current peers and his current peers would be Jonathan Taves, captain of the Mm -hmm. uh, Chicago Blackhawks, uh, certainly Alexander Ovechkin, uh, who is uh, a one time champion, but has so much individual hardware. Sidney Crosby falls into that mix uh, at the same time. I feel I feel like we pay a lot more attention to Ovi and Sid than we do Stephen Stamkos.
1: Um, yeah, I mean I think that that's fair, but you know a lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, you know Sidney Crosby had the the success early on in his career a situation where Sidney Crosby had to wait around for 10 or 12 years to get his first crack or to, to win his first Stanley Cup. With Alex Ovechkin, it took a lot longer, but he was always in the playoffs. And the fact of the matter is, Alex Ovechkin's the best goal scorer that's ever played the game, so he's got his own bit of fanfare there outside of Stanley Cup championships and leadership ability. Um, with Jonathan Taves, again, it's the same, kind of, same thing with Sidney Crosby. Taves had Relatively immediate success in winning championships, whereas it's taken Steven Stamkos quite a while to get to this point with this group, where they are a perennial Stanley Cup contender or champion. So I think that right now we're we're giving Steven Stamkos the due he probably should have been receiving his entire career. It just took him a little bit longer because he's he's not as dynamic a goal scorer as Alex Ovechkin. He's not. Had the immediate success that Sidney Crosby and Jonathan Taves had in winning championships, but now that he's here, it's his time. So where does he rank? Where where does to he me, check in uh, among the
0: best active <laughs> players in the game?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. Like I, I put Sidney Crosby ahead of Steven Stamkos, I just I think that Crosby is the better overall player in much the same way I put Crosby ahead of, say, Alexander Ovechkin. Uh, but to me, like it, it would be Stamkos right there behind Sidney Crosby. I, I think that you know what Steven brings to the table. There's a killer instinct in his ability to go out there and be the guy that he needs to be for his team in the playoffs. He did it in Game Six against the Rangers. He's done it as he's been able to play over the last two playoffs, uh, playoff uh, seasons. So to like, I, I would put him right there. Um, Ahead of Ovechkin, ahead of Jonathan Taves, uh, right behind Sidney Crosby. What about leadership? Should that
0: come into play at all?
1: I I think it's natural. Like we're dealing with four captains here, right? Like to me, I I think that Steven Stamkos is a great motivator of of his team. Like I I think that you know. Year one, the, the first year in the bubble when they were able to win it, we talk about the shift. We talk about Stamkos doing everything that he could to get himself healthy enough to play in a game. He only played a couple of minutes. He scored a goal on his only shift, and that was his legacy then. And then ne- the next year, he follows that up with a great performance himself in the playoffs, and he's doing it again through a lot of changes around him with the Tampa Bay Lightning. To me, I, I think that he kind of bridges the gap in, in that leadership ability, the ability to go out there, produce on the ice, but also rally his team when it's needed. I think he's a great leader. I really do. I, I think that you, know, you look at the numbers, you look at everything that he does, you look at his shot, you look at his ability to score, but also his ability to lead. It has to be factored in here. When you talk about most goals among active players, do you know where
0: Steven Stamkos checks in? I would probably guess second or third. Yeah, he's he's third. Mhm. that's an obvious one. Third all-time. And then uh and then you have Sidney Crosby at mm-hmm. uh 39th all-time, but uh but second among active players. And then it's Stephen Stamkos, third among active players, but 53rd all-time. Uh that uh that's impressive, but the fifty third is lower than I expected, quite honestly. Uh, yeah. Other active players in the top one hundred: uh, Patrick Kane,
1: mm-hmm.
0: this is all time. Patrick mm-hmm. Kane, Joe Pavelski, Jeff Carter. Uh, that's that's a lot uh, of good talent, and Zach Parise, uh is also in the top top one hundred. So you've got Ovi, Sid. Mm-hmm. Stamkos, Malkin, Patrick Kane, Joe Pavelski, Jeff Carter, and Zach Parise. Uh, Stamkos is, he should be thought of in the upper echelon of that group, but he doesn't get the same type of uh, respect. And I hope that this is changing Now, I'm never going to put Steven Stamkos ahead of Sid. But, Mm -hmm. but... Should he be considered the same
1: as Sid? Well, I think that kind of depends on what happens in the next series, right? Like, if if you're Steven Stamkos and you've got three Stanley Cup championships in a row, if you're the the first team to 3 threepeat uh, since the Islanders, like if if you're on that trajectory, and then. You have all the pieces still in place, right, to go on another run next year. I don't think there's going to be many that are are betting against Tampa to get back to this point next season. Like, if all of a sudden we're a year removed from where we are right now, and the Tampa Bay Lightning are in their fourth straight Stanley Cup final with three Stanley Cup championships, then you can easily make the argument. That Steven Stamkos is right there with Sidney Crosby because that's something Sidney Crosby was never able to do. Right. How many people do you think would actually do that? I'd put him right there. Really? Like, it from a from a success standpoint, absolutely. I don't like, think do a I lot of people that, would. Do Do I think that Steven Stamkos is as good a hockey player as Sidney Crosby? No, but you can't argue with the success. If he wins three cups in a row and gets to a fourth consecutive Stanley Cup final, then I, I don't think that there's really any reason to not give Steven Stamkos the due respect that he deserves to be right there with Sidney Crosby. Here's another
0: uh, conversation angled. Mark Messier is not thought of, first and foremost, as a Hall of Fame player. Mark Messier is described as, before anything else, as the greatest leader in hockey. Mm-hmm. That's where people uh, will describe Messier. Uh, because of sure. the championships with Edmonton, and then the Stanley Cup with the Rangers in 1994, the way he seemed to will that team to victory. Modern day, we've, we've talked about the captains, Ovi and Taves. Taves, by the way, mm-hmm. is 115th all-time in goals. But, but Ovi, Taves, Sid, and Stamkos. Those are your, mm-hmm. your your captains, your modern day captains. What? Where does, because like, Taves is is just Captain Serious and has been mm-hmm. c- carrying that moniker, and he, he's m- way more fun than than that lets on. Uh, and mm-hmm. he shed that uh, certainly, but I don't know whether Steven Stamkos hasn't put him into the same category of best leader of his generation if he's not the best player because Ovi and Sid will have that huh. does he put himself into contention as the best leader with Taves and Sid
1: yeah I mean I I've got a great appreciation for Stephen Stamkos so maybe I'm not the right person to have this conversation with but I, I already put Stephen Stamkos ahead of Jonathan Taves
0: yeah, I don't think that a lot of people would you you I get the reaction from people, the impression coming in that Taves for what he did mm-hmm. uh, with the with the Chicago Blackhawks and that modern day dynasty uh, that mm-hmm. Gary Bettman declared when he presented the most recent Stanley Cup to the team. Uh, sure. put yeah. put it ahead of, of of him and and funny enough like you've got Sid first overall Stammer first overall Ovi first overall mm-hmm. uh Taves wasn't mm-hmm. first overall but uh but uh top uh top draft pick uh the, these guys are all blue chippers that that did follow through so it's talking about them uh near the end of all of their careers in the in the twilight is is not a big mm-hmm. surprise but uh where Steven Stamkos has come from and what he's been able to do along the way uh i think he's coming down the backstretch hard
1: well you you and i have had kind of this conversation surrounding Steven Stamkos for a couple of weeks now and we, we've talked about the i guess turmoil maybe would be the best word to describe it early on in his career he, he wasn't on particularly strong teams he wasn't You know a player that was able to stay healthy there were some really tough breaks in the early stages of stamkos's career that i think kind of set him back a little bit but to me that's the thing that sets him apart now right because jonathan taves had great success early on in his career jonathan Taves was thrust into a leadership position at an early early age And he was able to navigate that to three Stanley Cups in five years. You can't take that away from him. It's a great accomplishment. It really is. That all being said, Stamkos had to endure some truly, truly crappy situations, crappy seasons, unfortunate blunders, and come through the other side. And not only is he winning Stanley Cups right now, as he's approaching 33 years old not only is he putting up numbers now that you know he he hasn't hit before in his career's first 106 point season at the age of 31 like Steven Stamkos had to go through some stuff to get to this point where all the fruits of his labor and all the 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 lessons learned culminated in the pinnacle of his career and to me like that means something now, and it should mean something as you get further and further removed from what Stamkos is doing in his early 30s, overcoming a lot of pain and a lot of obstacles to be the leader of his team going for a three-peat in the salary cap era.
0: Steven Stamkos will captain the Tampa Bay Lightning into Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final on Wednesday night in Denver against the Avalanche. And we don't know yet what the lineups will look like. There's a lot of gamesmanship being played right now on both sides. On Mm -hmm. the Tampa Bay angle, Braden Point did not play in that third-round series. That's the third straight year where the Tampa Bay Lightning are into a Stanley Cup final And they've gone a considerable amount of time, either during the regular season or the Stanley Cup playoffs, without one of their top players. Stamkos Mm -hmm. in year number one in the bubble. Kucherov didn't play the regular season after that and uh, hit the ground running. and, And now Braden Point, and they still win. That might be, after you get through everything else, the most appreciated fact that I don't know whether there's a player You'll say Andre Vasilevsky. There's a player mm-hmm. that Tampa can do without. At least I don't know whether there's a skater Tampa can do uh, without. Uh, and and because they'll they'll
1: overcome all obstacles. Yeah, I, I I think that that's fair. I you know the argument for Vasilevsky. It's a it's an interesting hypothesis, but I don't think that you know we we can really truly understand what the the impact of losing Vasilevsky would would do to the Tampa Bay Lightning yet I still feel like somehow some way they'd find a way to overcome it Uh, but yeah to your point like there's you know there's a an interesting thing that's happened with this team where they have been dealt blows from an injury perspective to players that on other teams, would probably derail success. And yet yes. they found a way to navigate it. It's it's ridiculous. I, I don't know how they do it. I don't know why they've been able to kind of mitigate that better than any other team in the league. But yet they still find a way to play without their captain in Stamkos, to play without Kucherov for an entire season, to play two rounds now without Braden Point and find a way to beat highly skilled teams. It's remarkable. It really is. Yeah, getting injured the way he did in Game Seven, uh, Braden Point against the Toronto Maple
0: mm-hmm. Leafs, and then you kind of overlooked the fact that uh, that he wasn't in the lineup against Florida because they just blew away the Panthers, and sure. then had yeah. to. They, there was a lot of talk about whether Braden Point was going to be able to play. In the third round because he was practicing and he was in and around. He was on the uh, on the horizon. Never played. Uh, he practiced again uh, this week, uh, yesterday and today. And I don't know whether he's going to play Wednesday. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning aren't saying for sure. Uh, saying it was a casual workout. Jeff Halpern was the uh, the person that was uh, being interviewed uh, because of uh, the situation where Tampa just kind of took a very relaxed uh, approach uh, to that uh, that. Practice uh, today uh, in Denver. Uh, so I, I expect uh, that he is going to be in the lineup. I don't know about the the Colorado Avalanche side, folks. Nazem Kadri uh, and uh, his 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 buddy there, uh, just looking at uh, at the situation with broken hands. It doesn't sound mm. like anybody's going to be able to get back into the lineup sooner than later. They're they're saying all the right things. Nobody's
1: ruled out. Sure, uh, but uh, but I don't know whether uh, they're going to be able to get into the lineup. It'll be interesting, right? Like to see what happens on Wednesday with Colorado's lineup. Like, we, there's you know questions about Nazem Kadri, Andrew Cogliano, Like, yeah. we, we get all that, but to me, the fact that there's even a question as to who might start Game One in goal for Colorado—that's fast. That's the most fascinating thing when, from a from a roster perspective. Do you go with Pavel Fransos? Do you go with Darcy Kemper? Like, they're non-committal on a starter. It'll be interesting that that's fascinating for Colorado going into the Stanley cup final.
0: I will tell you how I would play it out after the break. And it, it's uh, mm-hmm. there's some strategy here about the starting goaltender for the Colorado avalanche in game one against the Tampa Bay lightning. And it's not just simply who I think is the best goaltender. Plus what's going on on the coaching front. will Dip our toe into that. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. I'd love to be able to do this. I wouldn't be talking to you. I'd be sitting home doing this if I could do it,
1: but I can't. So I'm talking S- to you. you. what? Strum a guitar? Yeah,
0: like that. You can't do that. Well, I can strum. I just can't do that. That's pretty good. I, it's like two chord progression. I know. I know. Easy. Like, come on. I'm not really? very good. I'm not very good. How I long wish, have you been attempting I I to strum it. a guitar for? Well, I'm trying to do three blind mice. I'm, but I can't come up with it. Happy birthday. Uh, that that one's holding me back, uh, too. It's the VGK Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas, hour number one. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman uh, with you. Uh, teased uh, going into break, what should the Colorado Avalanche do if Millard was at the controls? Uh, we also have mm. some coaching news to tell you about.
1: <laughs> Here's the situation. Go ahead, Ryan. Oh, boy. Oh boy, Darren Millard, uh, frog in his throat, clearly uh, an unfortunate situation there. But I'm curious, I'm curious to see where Darren's going to go with his goaltending for the Colorado Avalanche going into game number one of the Stanley Cup final. I think that's the most interesting question surrounding Colorado. And then the coaching carousel, we've got some information, a little bit of information on the New York, uh, I'm sorry, the the Philadelphia Flyers. What direction they may be going, and whether or not we're any closer to having coaches named. It's it's now Monday. Stanley Cup Finals starting on right. Wednesday. When might we, Darren? Well, find some answers when it comes to coaching. So today is written off. So we're sure. we're 7:30 in the East.
0: Yeah. Nobody's announcing a coach today. So, stroke Monday off. What about the rest of the week? Tomorrow is a, mm-hmm. very much a possibility. Mm-hmm. Not a guarantee, but it's wide open. Wednesday, if you're waiting for a coach to be announced, you can go fishing or play golf on Wednesday. Why is that? Uh, because the National Hockey League has uh, very much a, uh, a policy in place that guides teams away from big news announcements on the day of a Stanley Cup final game. It's, mm. it's long been known. If the league frowns on it, uh, whether it's uh, hirings or firings or big trades. They prefer that it not come down during a, a game day of a Stanley Cup final. Right, Not a guarantee. Like sub- Trades do happen at, at times. Uh, but if, uh, if everybody has their way... Nothing will happen on Wednesday. And then you get into Thursday and Friday because the Stanley Cup Final is uh, a series which loves to max out the Saturdays. Mm-hmm. So we're going Wednesday, we're going Saturday, and then into, uh, into next week. Uh, so that's, uh, if, you're, if you're waiting for it, we've got three days to pick from this week for coaching announcements. Tuesday, mm-hmm. Thursday, or Friday. Mm-hmm. I expect... There to be an announcement in some form this week. It doesn't mean Hmm. Barry Trotz. Okay. All right? It doesn't mean Butch Cassidy. Uh, It doesn't mean uh, Pete DeBoer, uh, who's uh, been mentioned in in, in a lot of openings. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean Vegas. It doesn't mean uh, necessarily Boston Bruins. What it does and could mean is that teams with openings Mm -hmm. like Winnipeg, like a Detroit, like a Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. are Mm -hmm. informed by the big three that they are not going to be selected by Mm -hmm. a Trotz or a Cassidy. So then the big decision will be, does Philadelphia just move on and hire uh, who uh, falls to them uh, on their second choice? That's where I think it could end up being a Detroit or a Philadelphia that ends up breaking this seal of uh, uh, stalemate when it comes to the, the lack of coaching announcements.
1: Yeah, I, I think the logic follows there for sure when it comes to it, it maybe not being the big fish, so to speak, but that that secondary pool where you, you get into the likes of, of maybe John Tortorella or you get into the likes of the Philadelphia Flyers or the Detroit Red Wings teams that I, I think have a pretty clear idea of what that second option is going to look like if they are not a destination for, say, a Barry Trotz or a Bruce Cassidy. Um, and really, honestly, like I, I just want some movement on coaching because once you get a little bit of movement, I, I feel like Other pieces will start to fall after that.
0: I I think that's the case with the big boys, Mm. but not necessarily with the other ones. Uh, We'll get some movement when the big boys start making decisions. But that doesn't mean they actually decide where they're going to go. It could be simply where they're not going to go. And then uh, other clubs have to uh, fall in line. Chicago, remember Chicago's also in the mix here. Uh, Florida. Hasn't made a decision one way or the other uh, here. Uh, there's there's a lot of moving parts uh, to go along with this thing. But I'll use Philadelphia as the as the best example, though. I I would be very surprised if Butch Cassidy, uh, Pete DeBoer, or Barry Trotz coach the Philadelphia Flyers next year. I just right. with with those three coaches, I think the Philadelphia Flyers are too much of a project. They want to win Stanley Cups. They want to get back to finals, and the Philadelphia Flyers uh, are not going to do that in the next couple of years. So when they get around to telling Chuck Fletcher, appreciate it, good opportunity, wish you all the best, but we're not coming here. Not that there are mm-hmm. uh, three men. wolf pack by any means uh, uh, part of the same <laughs> club uh, uh, releasing uh, statements uh, that, that speak for, for all three at the same time. Uh, mm-hmm. then, then you get into your next group. What's your next group? Well, that's Rick Tockett. That's uh, Jim Montgomery. uh, That's uh, Derek Lalonde, uh, assistant coach. Or or it could be John Tortorella. John Tortorella is very interesting. He continues Mm -hmm. to surface around one team in particular, and that's the Philadelphia Flyers. Haven't heard his name nearly as much with anybody else. Uh As much as I've heard his name around the Philadelphia Flyers.
1: Yeah, and I I think that that's probably a a team that makes a lot of sense for John Tortorella. You're you're trying to get back in the game. So as much as you want to maybe go to a, a team that's on the cusp of contending, I think that For John Tortorella, it's a fit in just getting back behind the bench and getting uh, to work with a team that, you know, when John Tortorella's at his peak, he's got teams buying in and he's getting more out of the roster that he has than a lot of other coaches are going to get. So um, I think it makes sense for a number of different reasons, not to mention the fact that John Tortorella just seems like a natural coach for the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, But, you know, time will tell. We'll see where where that ends up going but you know if, if philadelphia's second option is john tortorella that's a pretty good second option to still have on the table here you, you like it eh? Yeah, i think i think it works like again as you mentioned like philadelphia is not going to be contending anytime soon but there's an accountability that john tortorella brings to the table with all of his players and some some thrive others have an issue with it. Cam Atkinson thrived with John Tortorella at, at, the, at the controls. And to me, I just I look at it and say, there are options on the table to bring more accountability to this team. And if John Tortorella is the guy to make that happen, it sets them up for when they will be good, moving in the right direction.
0: I'm surprised that, uh, that he's as uh, speculated uh, about the Philadelphia Flyers opening as he is. In, in going really? back over over Torch's career, uh, he, he's he's taken over teams like that, uh, mm-hmm. but I thought that he would be pickier about contending status uh, than mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Maybe I've got it all wrong. Maybe maybe he's he's looking at other options, and and you can put him in the same class as uh, Butch uh, and and Barry Trotz, but uh, I, well, I'm, I'm I'm like I. Didn't see him uh, in Philadelphia. The guy the guy that I expect to go to Philadelphia is Rick Talker. Mm-hmm. I'll get to that in, in sure. just a little bit. But here's the, here's mm-hmm. the uh, interesting part. Just it has nothing to do with anything other than my brain works in a weird way. Uh, in mm-hmm. Vancouver, Elaine Vigneault gave way to John Tortorella. And in Philadelphia, Elaine Vigneault could give way to John Tortorella. <laughs> with Mike uh-huh. Yo sandwiched in between on an interim basis. Uh, I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever heard of that before, where one guy takes over from uh, another guy uh, a, a couple of different times.
1: It really is a retread carousel, isn't it?
0: Yeah. And and it didn't work in Vancouver, I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Not at all. And I, <laughs> it it might have been uh, just... Uh, uh because of the time or, or the situation. Uh or it could have been uh maybe uh Elaine uh Vigno is is he's not a hard ass guy, but he's mm-hmm. he's definitely not uh fun loving Bruce Boudreaux. Uh, and then you sure. you, you, you kinda of double down on that. You you tighten the, the string uh, with with John Tortorella coming in. I, I wouldn't call it the greatest uh uh, you're not you're not getting a different look in there by any means and and you're going from like pressure to intense and uh, uh it's not the direction that uh that I would go with torts who who I love it's just uh I would put him in a different situation than that
1: does has he not grown though like in 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 that he's he's maybe a little bit I, like, I don't want to use the word softer with players, but like I no. I think that there's an element of wanting to play for John Tortorella that maybe doesn't get as much play because it's easy to paint him as the gruff, grumpy guy.
0: Well, I, I think
1: players want to play for him if you're on the right
0: mm-hmm. side of him. He's a great sure. coach, but he's yeah. a taskmaster. Whether it's Tampa or the Rangers or... Uh, Vancouver or Columbus, like wherever uh, Torts has been, he's a taskmaster, and, and he puts pressure on you. Like uh, don't don't get me wrong, I love him as a coach. I yeah. just don't think the the segue from Vigneault to a little bit of Yo uh, to Torts is necessarily a, a big shift uh, within the company. You kind of got the same guy there. Uh, uh, a little
1: it, bit of Yo is my favorite. A
0: little bit, little That's little good. little bit of Yo. Uh, but I would basically it, a I, song. And I've told this to Rick, so I'm not, uh, uh, like, I've, uh, this is the best part. I've told it to the man himself. I don't know why Philadelphia hasn't hired Rick Talkett. I don't know why yeah. they didn't hire him when they let Elaine go uh, and, and put uh, Yo in for a bit. Uh, and mm-hmm. I don't know why, when they made the decision on, on Yo uh, not coming back, why they didn't announce Rick Talkett right away. Uh, he's, he's a flyer. He's a good coach. Uh, and he can uh, demand a lot of uh, things, and he's got uh, a little bit different handling uh, than, than Elaine. I, I think he checks all the boxes uh, in there when it comes to the Philadelphia Flyers. And uh, other than Rick wanted to finish up the year on TNT, that's the sure. only thing I can think of as to why they hadn't announced him yet. And Rick was done last week with the t- TV side – so I'm I thought or was hopeful that it would happen uh, in in the, in the last few days.
1: Well, I mean, you mentioned doubling down kind of on the the same type of voice with the Philadelphia Flyers. How much of that is the idea of what Flyers hockey is supposed to be—hard-nosed, tough to play against, miserable, frustrating? Like, how much of that is you know John Tortorella is an attractive option because you know that. When he's at his peak and everyone's humming along to John Tortorella's way of playing, they are a frustrating, heavy, hard team to play against.
0: But If you're talking Flyers hockey, Rick Tockett is part of the Ring of Honor with the Philadelphia Flyers. He's top 10 I... in career penalty minutes. He can mm-hmm. get through and understands the Philadelphia Flyer style of hockey. But he's also got a uh, a more uh, communicative side to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess you could say a lighter side to him. He's uh, no pushover, but but I think that there's more uh, breath uh, fun? On, on on the other side. Yeah, fun uh, yeah. side of it, and it, it just uh, yeah, you, Tortorella handles the. Let's go get them, and we'll we'll, we'll be uh, unhappy. And even <laughs> if we win, and we're we're gonna drive them through the end board. Yeah, you could say that, but uh, but I, I honestly think uh, talking's a uh, a better fit uh, when even when mm-hmm. it comes to the Philadelphia Flyers uh, trademark uh, kind of thing. And and I think Rick, it could be too that uh, that other teams are holding this up. Like maybe the Philadelphia Flyers want Rick. Uh, but he's being interviewed. Uh, I, I would be shocked if Boston did not interview. him. I would be shocked if there's not interest in Vegas, uh, in, in Rick Tockett, uh, uh, Dallas. Uh, like there's, there's a lot of different teams that would see Rick Tockett as a very valuable commodity. And he is a guy, Ryan, mm-hmm. that I think in his time on television did himself a lot of good. With the way he spoke about the game and analyzed the mm-hmm. uh, the game, and all every Wednesday night, and during the playoffs was a commercial or audition or a promotion for Rick Tockett as a head coach, and I think it worked. When sometimes you can go on TV, and you don't come across the way you want to come across, and, mm-hmm. and it hurts you. This is yep. certainly a positive for Rick. What if he just wants to be a TV star like that? And, and that's possible too i've, I've been yeah. told that that uh turner loves him and uh mm-hmm. there's uh like there's been offers made um i've heard that i i haven't nailed that down but uh that they sure. love rick enough that there there's been uh, different uh proposals uh, exchange, uh which do involve uh hikes in salary so that that could be it uh a- absolutely but I, I i know rick loves to coach and I'd yeah. be surprised if he's if he's not behind the bench.
1: Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see kind of where Rick Tockett lands and, and ultimately what direction he chooses to go, but if he's all in to coach again, he'll be behind the bench next season for sure, but... The option on the table is to continue to grow with TNT and Turner and what he was doing um, in in analyzing the game. And and to, to your point, Darren, he's done a phenomenal job of that. And it's put him in a position where I think that, you know, as long as he wants to coach, he's going to have an opportunity in front of him because of how well he showed on those Turner broadcasts. I think
0: there's a better chance of Rick being behind the bench next year than Torts. (laughs) <laughs> just don't tell torts i wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, wouldn't, wouldn't mind if either one know. of them uh, ended up uh, back there we've got our play of the day uh coming up uh from game six of the eastern conference final and then we'll get back into the stanley cup championship series colorado and tampa bay who should the avalanche start in goal in game number one i'm going to tell you on fox sports las vegas No chance to shoot for Stevenson. Centered. Eichel scores! It's time for the play of the day on the VGK Insider Show. Tampa Bay Lightning going to a third straight Stanley Cup Championship Series. Uh, The first they won in the bubble without, for a majority of the time, their captain, Steven Stamkos. Well, he was very present the other night in the game that put the Tampa Bay Lightning into the fourth round again. They'll feed it up the middle. Miller a block. Lafreniere, who drew the penalty, steals and dumps it in. Headman up the far side for Andre Pilat. Leads Kuchov on the right side at center. Across the ball on right point. In front for Stamkos. Shoots. Saves to Sturkin. Score! D7. Now the linesman is talking to the referees. I Scampos don't know. Stamkos has no doubt, though, that this is a goal. It went in the net, and that's all I know. Chesterkin stopped it with his glove, but eventually went in the net. Here's the replay, Phil. Come he shoots. Oh, he bobbled it. He bobbled it, no doubt. Yeah, that's, that's a, goal. a goal. That is a goal for Stamkos. Initially thought maybe Steven Stamkos had kicked it in or goalie interference to jar the puck away from Igor Shesterkin. Nope. The goaltender mm-hmm. didn't make the clean save, and
1: Stamkos was able to be the hero. Yeah, it, it was one of those bang-bang plays where, you know, you've got Steven Stamkos coming in off the wing with a bunch of speed, a great pass from Nikita Kucherov, how the Rangers don't track Steven Stamkos. I, I will never understand, but you just score a goal to tie the game and you give up a two-on-one, essentially a partial breakaway to one of the most dangerous players on the ice. Just not a great strategy. And uh, Shesterkin doesn't make a clean initial save. That, that's the difference in the game, and that's the reason the Tampa Bay Lightning are playing in their third straight Stanley Cup final.
0: Got an incredible six games uh, of a goalie matchup between Igor Shosturkin, mm-hmm. who had the early advantage, and then Andre Vasilevsky uh, counters back uh, pretty good. I hope we see those two going out on the Stanley Cup playoffs again over and over.
1: Yeah, it would be awesome. I, I thought Shosturkin played really, really well in the Eastern Conference final. He just wasn't as good as Andre Vasilevsky. And uh, to be frank, there aren't many that are as good or better than then Vasilevsky it, it is, in a seven-game series. It's just impossible to beat the guy.
0: Andre Vasilevsky is on to the Stanley Cup final again. The big cat is howling on his way to Denver. Game one on Wednesday night. Who will he look down the ice and see? in goal for the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, We'll tell you our take on that. Plus, one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Three days' worth of information to bring you up to date uh, on there's a whole lot of scuttlebutt in and around. Johnny Goudreau's name is back in the news. Uh, As we uh, work our way through this week, uh, one game on Wednesday, and then they'll go back at it on Saturday before the series moves from Denver to Tampa Bay, where they're pretty comfortable with big games. Uh, It's the VGK Insider Show continuing on Fox Sports Las Vegas.